I'm excited this morning. Last week we began a conversation in the importance of spiritual disciplines. We began by talking about prayer and fasting and the importance um, as uh, a regular part of our lives building spiritual disciplines in. And the reality is to effectively begin to add the right things into our lives and into our daily routines, we sometimes need to start by evaluating the habits that currently exist. Some of them are are, are great things, positive habits and, and, and healthy habits. Some of them are, 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 are maybe not that healthy. Maybe are, are things that are, that are deterring us from uh, the best things in life. So, here's a question. Do you have any bad habits? I don't know. It's probably a, probably a touchy question. Maybe you're one that chews your nails and you chew them down to the nubs and you kind of look at them and go, maybe I need to stop doing that this year. It's not good. It's not healthy. It's nasty. Maybe you're a procrastinator like me, you know, and your lifelong mission is, you know, why do today what I can put off until tomorrow? You know, and you just have that habit of procrastination. Maybe you're one of those people that, that, that goes into the refrigerator, takes the, 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 the gallon of milk and, and, and pours, pours it into your cereal, and you realize it's getting a little bit close to being empty, and you stop just, just short of using all the milk up, and then you quietly stick it back in the fridge so that the next person who wants to have cereal gets two drops of milk and drinks some really, really dry cereal. You know who you are. Or maybe you're one of those psychos who likes to grab the toothpaste tube from the middle and squeeze your toothpaste out and then leave it there for the next person who comes in and it's all crinkled up and jacked up. Yeah, that's not cool. It's not cool at all. And I'm sure there's probably some men in here who have a tendency to go in, you know, do their business in the in the you know in the in the the, the pale of the night, and you get done going to the bathroom, and you leave the, the toilet seat up only to have your your wife come in and sit down. I'll be real happy in the morning. We all have habits that that maybe we need to take a a, a little bit of a look at. But perhaps you're one who looks at your bad habits and you, you go, you know, I was going to quit all my bad habits this year, but then I remembered nobody likes a quitter. And so you find yourself in a place of saying, I could, I could change some of these things, but you know, probably shouldn't. But truly, is there, is there anything about you that you would like to change? And I get it, it's a loaded question, and if I was to ask the person sitting next to you, they'd probably be like, hey, let me tell you about the things that, anyways, yeah. There's probably plenty that we can all look in the mirror and say we'd like to change. So today, and, and for the next few weeks, we're going to be taking a, a look at spiritual habits. We're going to be taking a look at those things that we need to be engaging and embracing and bringing into our lives and into our rhythm that will help us to move closer to God. These are disciplines or spiritual habits that we need to build into our lives. The author Richard Foster once wrote, the purpose of the spiritual disciplines is the total transformation of the person. They aim at replacing old destructive habits of thought with new life-giving habits. Old destructive habits of thought with new life-giving habits. 
And if we're honest, all of us would like to think that we're in pretty good shape. We look at ourselves and we go, yeah, I probably need to make some adjustments here and there, but I'm not as bad as that guy. You know, I don't do things like that. I certainly don't live my life all recklessly like that person that I know at work. But we do tend to have these habits that, 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 that will pull us from the heart of God, pull us from the desires that He has for our lives instead of drawing us toward Him. And if we'd be willing to embrace these spiritual disciplines or at least even attempt them with an expectation that we'll grow closer to Jesus, I, I, I truly believe we might find ourselves changing and becoming a little bit more like Jesus this year. And that's truly the pursuit, right? To grow in a relationship with Jesus. To move in that direction toward likeness. The reality is building regular spiritual habits into the rhythm of life paves the way for deep change. If you want to see change happen in your life, you have to prioritize the right things. And building regular spiritual habits is part of that journey. Working to build the the right spiritual disciplines into our lives takes deconstructing and eliminating habits that keep us from God's plan and purpose. It means we have to unpack our lives. We have to start saying no to some things in order to be able to say yes to some of the best things. Like many of you, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit and, and routine. I, I make the bed in the morning. You know, I like to come back in and it nice, be nice and clean. I, I put my clothes away when I change. When I come home and I change my clothes, I, I pull them up and I put them away. I don't understand it. I just, it's, it's, it's a mystery to me. I don't understand why our kids walk into their rooms, they take their clothes off, drop them on the floor, and then put something else on, all the while with the dresser right here, just, just staring at them. It's like, it's like a foot away. It's like you got to reach out and grab the drawer. And it, but no, it just hits the floor. It's like, is there you know, some kind of a problem with your dresser or the furniture? You know, I, 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 I pull the garbage cans out you know, Monday night so that I'm not... That guy chasing the, the garbage truck down the street, you know, with my, my cans in tow. I do a lot of good things, right? But there have been many moments in my life where change needed to occur, and I, and I found it difficult to embrace the change. I found it difficult to really want to pursue the change that needed to occur. One area of my life over the years that I've struggled in was schedule planning. I know, yeah, who are all you, all you schedulers in the house? Yeah, you live by your calendar. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Yeah. No, but I struggled. I struggled living with a calendar. I struggled prioritizing time. And, and I, 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 I struggled with this for a lot of years. I would, I would you know, have appointments and meetings because and, I didn't really have them on a calendar. It was, everything was just kind of rolling around in my head and I would find myself late late for meetings or late for appointments and oh did you go to did you remember you had your dentist appointment can we call and we reschedule that you know and i and i struggled and i found myself always agreeing to every invitation you know people would say hey dan you know, you and gretchen want to come over yeah absolutely and i would make plans or or i'd invite people over to our house and then i'd Go and tell my, my introverted wife, Gretchen, hey, uh, so-and-so's coming over. And she'd be like, what? When did we talk about that? That's not on the calendar. 
And I would find myself um, in a really not good place with my wife. Because she likes to calendar everything. She has a calendar on the wall. She writes on it. And I decided this is probably not good. This may not keep our marriage intact. So I had to make some changes. Now, if it's, if, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. Right? Now I'm diligent about putting things on my calendar. If it's, if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't happen. And I, I find myself you know, being much more intentional about my time and saying no to things so I can say yes to other things. And now every invitation these days is greeted with this phrase. You know, let me check with Gretchen on that. Because I like my life and I love my marriage and I love my wife. And I prefer not to sleep on the couch. I tell them, let me check with Gretchen because I am nobody's fool. Alright? Like, you know, B.A. Baracus, the A-team. I pity the fool who does not check with his wife before he calendars. Come on, you all watched the A-team. Don't act like you didn't. But the difficulty lies in the decision to move from the comfortable and familiar habits of life to a place of uncertainty. That's our struggle, right? It's easy, it's comfortable to do the things that I've always done. God's desire is we would step out of those things into a place of faith and uncertainty and belief in what He's desiring to do. Too often we desire to stay in an unhealthy place because it's what we know. We would rather continue to do the things that are not really adding strength or value to our spiritual journey because they're easy and they're familiar. Because real change is going to cost us something. It's not until we acknowledge our need to change and take the steps to build and create new habits that we can truly experience spiritual growth. Because it's saying no to something so that we can then say yes. But if we're honest, the habit of busyness becomes the enemy of spiritual discipline. Sometimes we're not disciplined in our spiritual journey. Sometimes we're not disciplined and intentional in our walk with Jesus because we just stay too stinking busy. And we wear it like a badge of courage, right? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands for any of you who have been engaged in a conversation. Somebody said, how's the new year treating you? Oh, I'm so busy. Oh my gosh, let me just tell you how busy I am. It's just been nonstop. I thought 2021 was busy. Oh my gosh, 2022, so much more busy. And we want to tell everybody how busy we are. I got to do this, and I took care of that, and yesterday it was like boom, 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 boom. I mean, look at this task list. Have you ever seen this level of efficiency? We love being busy. Every one of us has struggled at some point with the temptation to sidestep spiritual growth for the sake of busyness. I know I need to do this, but you know what? I'm really busy right now, so I'll do this. And I'll come back and I'll prioritize that at some point. I'll put it on my resolution list. I'll put it on my goal list for 2022. And at some point in the next 12 months, I'll draw closer to God. Lord knows I've got the next 12 months. author by the name of Robert Quinn wrote a book called Deep Change. 
And in his book, he explains, few people are good at reinventing themselves, what I will call spiritual transformation. They often choose the destructive alternative of staying very busy. It may not be effective behavior, but it has the effect of a good narcotic. It diverts attention from the real issue and temporarily saves them from having to tackle and resolve the actual problem. Did you hear that? He compares busyness to a drug. And we become addicted to being busy. We become addicted to the high that we feel when we're accomplishing tasks and getting things done and, and we're super effective and efficient. You see, Quinn's premise is people need to make deep changes in their lives, which he believes has a direct correlation to spiritual transformation. When we allow the Spirit of God to change us, we'll experience spiritual transformation. His belief is this, the very event we fear in our lives often occurs because we are unwilling to risk, to risk deep change. And we end up experiencing what we feared. Slow death. See, destructive behaviors don't ever destroy you immediately. But destructive behaviors and destructive habits in life and, and, and allowing ourselves to be involved in things that will erode at our spirituality and our trust in Jesus over time will destroy us. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, they'll destroy us. So let me put this in spiritual talk. We want to be more like Jesus. We desire to give up some of those bad habits or even destructive choices and thoughts. We want to change the way that we live our lives. But we fear making those changes. Yet at the same time, we fear that if we don't, we will die a slow death. Yet we don't make the changes. Why? Because of fear. Because we fear stepping out. Because we fear the uncertainty. We fear the unknown. God is calling us to a place that we're not familiar with and we're not sure about. And we're fearful. And we allow our fear to overtake our desire to step out in faith. The challenge we face is seeing the need to change and being willing to slow down long enough to engage the change process. Slow down long enough to create space. When was the last time you just stopped what you were doing and said, God, I need you in this moment. God, I need wisdom. Father God, I need you to, to direct my steps. Too often we see or sense an area of spiritual deficiency and we desire to find a quick fix or a prescriptive solution. Right? You're on the, on, online Googling three tips to become more like Jesus. Yes, there it is. Now I found it. Five easy steps to knowing God in 2022. The ABCs of spiritual growth. That's going to help me. I need an acrostic. But as Tim Ferriss states in his book, The Four Hour Work Week, being busy is a form of laziness, lazy thinking, and indiscriminate action. Being busy is most often used as a guise for avoiding critically important 
but uncomfortable actions. Did you hear that? Being busy is most often used as a guise for avoiding critically important but uncomfortable actions. I know I need to do it, but I, eh, I'm not real excited about this. So let me, what, what else can I do? I should probably check my email. There's probably something interesting on Facebook. Albany Happenings, and there's always something great that's being posted there. When we begin to sense our need for spiritual growth and change, it's up to each of us to embrace the hard work and discomfort of slowing down long enough to say yes to God. We have to slow down. We have to remove things that are taking us in a destructive direction in order to say yes to what God is desiring for you and for me. Because here's the truth. God blesses those who know His Word and pursue His purpose. God blesses those who prioritize time spent in the Bible. And people who are actively pursuing His purpose and plan for their lives. You know, in order to truly know God and be known by Him, we have to choose to daily be in His Word. Got a little test for everybody this morning. Anybody know what this is? Yeah. It's a compass. Kids, you probably don't know what this is. There's one of these on your iPhone, most likely. But here's the uh, reality. If your iPhone ever dies, you're out in the wilderness, yeah, it's not going to help you much. But a compass is used for what? Finding direction. So here's a fun little challenge. Everybody stand to your feet. Stand up, stand up. You guys have all gotten comfortable. And on the count of three, I want everybody to point to true north. One, Two, three. Okay, we got some good... Nobody turned around, so that's good news. If you, if, you, if you use the compass, true north is actually right... Wait for it. Right there. There you go. True north. Okay, you can sit down. Now, a compass is used for direction. And unlike one of my friends who was convinced that no matter what direction she was facing, that was north, that's not a good way to get yourself out of the wilderness. Just start walking. And wherever you... Anyways. But compasses give us direction. And the reality is we can quickly lose our bearings. Right? If you've ever been on a a journey or a trip somewhere and you, you took a wrong turn and you, you started going and all of a sudden you're like 30 miles off path in the direction you were supposed to be going. If you ever go out on a boat and you get even a, a degree off in your direction, you can find yourself 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 miles off of the direction you were trying to go. And life is not too much different. We can lose our bearings. We can get off course. But spending time in the Bible, having our compass to give us direction will keep us on the right path. The path that God has for us. You know, our text today is found in Psalm 
119. If you have your Bibles, you can flip to Psalm 119. If you spent any time studying the Bible, you'll know that Psalm 119 is, is the longest chapter in the Bible, having 176 verses. It's a lengthy one. If you're wanting to read it, I would advise that you give yourself some time. It's also an acrostic psalm, meaning it's written in alphabetical order according to the Hebrew alphabet. And you'll see those denotations made as you navigate through Psalm 119. So there's 22 sections of eight verses each. In every section, there's a discussion about the importance of the Word of God. And the psalmist uses words such as laws and statutes and commands as he refers to the Bible. We're going to just focus in on the first two verses where the psalmist writes in Psalm 119, verse 1, Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep His statutes and seek Him with all their heart. So we're called to seek God. And how are we instructed to seek Him? With all our heart. That means we, we move towards God. That everything that we, sh- we do in life should be moving us closer to God because we're pursuing Him with what? All our heart. It's that constant movement in our lives that draws us closer and closer and closer to God. And as we do, we don't just give God lip service like, God, I love you and I'm pursuing you and I'm chasing after you. We don't do it half-heartedly. We do it with all our heart. Again, that's a common theme that runs throughout the Bible, but we need to read the Bible to know it. It's not enough just to know that we're called to pursue God. The Bible teaches us how. Instructs us in the way in which to pursue God. In the end, God is telling us We're blessed when we follow His directions for life, which are found in the Bible, and we're blessed because we seek Him with all our being, with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength. Love your neighbors yourself. All of us, we don't get to pick and choose. So we talked earlier about the importance of forming spiritual habits, but if you don't hear anything else today, hear this. The foundation of time spent reading and studying the Bible will form the building blocks of every other component of your spiritual health. Did you hear that? The foundation of reading and studying the Bible will form the building blocks of every other aspect of spiritual discipline. Think about it. Prayer. How can you truly pray with faith if you don't know the power and the promises found in the Word of God? How can you worship? The Bible gives us not only the commandment to worship, but also the reasons He's worth our worship. The reasons why we should give Him our devotion. Fasting. Fasting is the conscious decision to remove things from our lives to provide space to read the Word of God. Spend time in prayer. 
community, when we come together to encourage one another, will it be from a place of personal strength? Hey, I read this self-help book and let me tell you all the things that it, that it said. It's so great. All these tips to have a happy and healthy life. Or will you come to encourage people in community from a place of spiritual strength? Because of time spent reading the Word of God. The author Donald Whitney states it a, a little bit more directly. He says, no spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of God's Word. Nothing can substitute for it. There is simply no healthy Christian life apart from a diet of the milk and meat of Scripture. Hello! Does that get your attention? There is simply no healthy Christian life apart from a diet of the milk and meat of Scripture. It's the foundation for everything. We call it God's Word. So do we believe it? Is it worth digging into? Because God's presence and blessing comes to those who prioritize time spent in His Word. You want to be blessed in your life? You want to experience full life? Spend time in the Word of God. Do you want to understand and sense the promises and the presence of God? Spend time in the Bible. Because it opens our hearts, it opens our eyes to what God is doing, even in the most mundane moments. Here's the deal. The Bible will either confirm your spiritual habits or contradict your personal priorities. That's it. The Bible will, will either confirm that you're moving in the right direction with God or it will expose that you're just chasing after your own desires, dreams, priorities, plans. Because God's Word doesn't just reveal bad things. Sometimes it confirms the good that you're doing. It can remind you of who you're called to be, allowing you then to go and do it. Allowing you to be the person that God has created you to be. Allowing you to use the gifts and the passions that He's wired right into you for His glory. The Bible equips by teaching and instructing you to live your life in a way that brings glory to God. And at the same time, gives you a greater sense of direction and purpose. The Bible allows us to live our lives in such a way that we're pointing people to Him. It's not about gaining our own glory or notoriety. It's, it's about showing people who Jesus is. You know, the Apostle Paul instructs Timothy in this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. He says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. And from how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's you and me, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, time spent in the Bible will regularly reveal the condition of your heart in response 
to God's plan for your life. When you read the Bible, it reads you. At times, the Word of God reveals areas in need of adjustment or change, repentance. Right? Verse 16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for what? Teaching, rebuking, ouch, correcting. Uh, I don't know if I want that. But the Bible can also be instrumental in encouraging and strengthening you on the path in which the Spirit of God has placed you. Verse 16 and 17. The Word of God is is good for teaching and training in righteousness or Christ-likeness so that you may be equipped for God's good work. Does it say so that you may be equipped so that everybody knows who you are and you've got a great reputation in the city and wherever you go, people applaud you? No. It's so that we're equipped for the work of God. What is the work of God? To seek and to save the lost. To bring people into a loving and growing relationship with Jesus. So as you allow the Word of God to search your heart, be open to the areas of your life that need correction. It's okay. It's okay to to remember that we're all imperfect. And that God is desiring to bring us more and more to His likeness. But also allow yourself to be strengthened and encouraged. Encouraged to the purpose that God has set before you. Encouraged to know that He has you on a plan and a purpose. And He desires to use you to touch people and to show them His love. Because here's the deal. The Word of God must be alive and active to search our hearts and minds to help us be more like Jesus. If the Bible is alive and active in our lives, then we will see and sense the areas of our lives that need adjustment, that need correction, that need to be given over and surrendered to God. Scripture teaches us about living our lives in a manner which pleases God and brings power and joy to us and to the people around us, right? But we need to learn how to live life in a way that is constructive and not destructive. That we would live our lives in a way that, ra- that raises people up and encourages people. doesn't tear people down and divide people and, 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 and harm relationships. And None of this can be found anywhere else but in the Bible. Yeah, you can get a lot of really great self-help, self-help books and you can get a lot of... of of, you know, find a lot of blogs online that will give you all the great tips on how to live life well. But if you truly want to understand how to reflect God, how to reflect Jesus, it's time spent in the Word. We learn how to live life in a way that's constructive, not destructive. Therefore, therefore if we want to know God and be like Him, we, we have to know the Word of God. Intimately. It's His Word. It's His direction. It's His guidance. It's His correction. It's everything that we need. And the writer of Hebrews helps us understand this concept in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
And no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. Here's the deal. There is coming a day where every one of us will stand before the Lord. Where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And the things that we did and the things that we said and the things that we prioritized and the the habits, good and bad, will all be laid before. And God will judge. But the Word of God is living and active. It reads us as we read it. It helps us to make those adjustments and those decisions. Don't you love that? The living, active Word of God. God's Word is not dead. It's not some archaic set of laws or manuscripts that no longer are relevant. It's not a set of laws or rules or regulations. No. The Word of God can penetrate our spirit, our soul, our heart. And God's Word will reveal what we need. The changes that need to take place. In Romans 12.2, Paul wrote, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do we allow our minds to be renewed? Time spent in the Word. Understanding what God's desire and plan and purpose for our lives looks like. Embracing His promises. Understanding the truths of the Gospel. That when we turn from our sin, we're called to not sin anymore. I continue to do things and grace is not you know, license to sin more. But to truly understand that God is desiring for us to step into His purpose. You know, as we read the Bible and allow it to speak to our hearts, we become transformed, changed by God. We become a different person, a new person, a better person. And the old person is gone because we step into new life in Jesus. But we have to take action. We, we have to be willing to do the work. We have to admit that we need to be changed. If you wake up in the morning and you go, God, isn't it great that I'm perfect? Thank You for making me perfect. Thank You for making me an amazing specimen of spiritual incredibleness. No. We should wake up thankful and humbled that God would desire to love us the way that He has. Grateful that He's given us the gift of salvation and forgiveness. And asking that each and every day and each and every moment He would allow us to become more and more like Jesus. And He would show us the ways in which we need to pursue that. The reality is we have to spend time in the Word of God in order to successfully pursue that. So, I've encouraged you over the last couple weeks, we find a, a disciplined way to get into the Word of God. Get a hold of a Bible reading plan. If you're, if you're not the most disciplined person in the world like me, find, find a way to, to build discipline into your lives. I know I need to work out. I don't want to work out. I don't like working out. In fact, I've always had a little bit of a mantra in my life that I'm pretty sure that exercise is bad for your health. 
But I realize when I traverse our short little span of stairs in our home and I get to the top of our landing and I realize I'm out of breath, that that's a little bit of a problem. Not like I ran a marathon. And so Gretchen and I have made a decision this year to be a little bit more intentional about our physical beings. And so last week, or yesterday, we we cleaned out the garage and organized everything, and I I put out the treadmill for her, and I put out my bike trainer for me. Not gotten astride the bike trainer yet, but that we're we're getting there. But you have to come up with a system that works for you. So grab a Bible reading plan. Grab something that will give you the structure to be in the Word of God daily. Better yet, we have life journals out in the lo- in the lobby on the table. Grab a life journal. It's got two different Bible reading plans in it for you. It will help guide and direct your time spent in the Word. And then you'll be able to life journal. You'll be able to jot down the parts of Scripture that are impacting and speaking to you so that you can go back and reflect. Our goal for this year is to grow much, much deeper in our relationship with God and each other. We have to remember our spiritual life is not just a separate set of actions that are removed from everything else. Now, we've got our financial and emotional and our physical lives, our work, our school, all these different parts of our life. Guess what? Our spiritual life delves into every part of our lives and is intimately linked with every other aspect of our lives because of our relationship with Jesus. When we step into relationship with Jesus, everything is connected. We don't wander outside of God's provision and protection just because we go to work. We go on vacation and I'll have to retreat from everything. I don't really need to worry about my spirituality. God's presence is connected to every aspect of our lives. As we prepare to close this morning, Oswald Chambers, the amazing author of, of the devotional My Utmost for His Highest, he said this, and I think it speaks pretty well to the way we need to be thinking. He says, we are as close to God as we choose to be. That's it. We are as close to God as we choose to be. God, where are you? Why are you not here? Why why have you gone? God hasn't gone anywhere. God's presence is perfect. It's always there. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. We tend to chase things. And our spiritual habits fail as we pursue other priorities in life. We are as close to God as we choose to be. Guess what? That that means that God lays it on you and me. It's personal. Okay, Dan, how close do you want to be to me? So I'll ask you the same question. How close to God are you? How close to God do you want to get this year? Because it's up to you. It's up to me. We have to make the decision today. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we close in prayer? Father, 
You are calling us back to that place of embracing Your presence. Embracing our need of You. Understanding that without You, we're nothing. God, as we pursue Your plan and Your purpose, we can experience life and life more abundant. So God, reveal to us today those areas of our lives that we have yet to surrender to You. Those areas of our life that we have yet to give up. Those habits that are, that are taking us away from Your presence. Helping us to see the habits that need to be in our lives to draw us closer to You. Father, I pray that You give us the strength and the discipline each and every day to be in Your Word. To embrace Your promises. To be guided and directed in our lives. In our work. In our relationships. That we would never miss a moment to spend with You. Father, we want to be close to You today. We want to be close to You this week. We want to be close to You this year. We ask that Your Spirit would lead and guide us. And that we would begin to build these spiritual habits into our lives. So that we would see and sense Your love in everything. Father, not just for us, but for those who are in desperate need of You. Help us to reflect your glory and your love and the hope that we find in a relationship with you. We desire to lead people to you. Help us, Lord, we ask. And we thank you. And this morning, perhaps you are in this place and you find yourself, maybe you're tuning in online, and you're not in that place where you would say, I, 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 I've made that decision. I've, I'm, I'm following Jesus with my whole heart. Perhaps you've not made that decision. And you desire to make that commitment today either to step into relationship with Jesus for the first time or to come back from a life of pursuing other things that's distracted you from the best thing. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God has raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. It's that simple. God sent His Son to die on a cross to be raised again so that we could have life. We just have to accept the gift. So we're going to pray this prayer and we're going to pray it as a church family not, not to embarrass or single anyone out, but we want to give you the opportunity to, to, to speak this prayer from your heart. And you will be welcomed into a relationship with God. Can we say this prayer today, church? Say, Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe Your Son, Jesus Christ, came to this earth to show me how to live. And He died and was raised back to life so I could have a relationship with You. I ask You today to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change as I choose to live for You today. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Well, we're grateful you've made the decision today to step into relationship with Jesus. If you've made that decision, we want to know. We'd like to come alongside of you as you you take this new direction, this new spiritual journey in your life. Please grab one of the connection cards and just write, I've decided to follow Jesus. Uh, If you're tuning in online, please let us know. Email us. We'd like to get you a Bible and take those next steps with you. But here's the deal, church. We have to make the decision to engage these spiritual habits. We have to add the right things, the best things in our lives. And that may mean we have to say no to some things. So this week, as we allow the Spirit of God, as we allow the Word of God to speak to our hearts, can we be open to those areas that God may be saying, I need you to make a change. I need you to follow me. I need you to give me my, give, give you, I need you to give me your whole heart. And as we do that, I know that God will be faithful to lead and guide us. I know that we will see and sense opportunities to show people God's love in our everyday lives. Thank you for being here today. We're excited for what God has in store for you this week. We encourage you to go out and grab uh, one of the life journals. If you need a Bible, they're there on the table. And the uh, change lips are also available to you. Have an amazing week. God bless you. Let's go and be the neighborhood.